Hello and welcome to the Radio Debrief 2021 Scottish election coverage. Between now and polling day, we will be hoping to bring you a weekly podcast on all that's going on for the election, and that podcast will, of course, be dedicated to the election. I'm Alistair Russell, and I'm joined by Stephen Brown. Hi, everyone. And, of course, we'll still have the normal debrief podcast with Thomas McCann, although we do fully expect to be extorting his services and getting him on here at some point. So, I think, to start with, we thought we'd bring you an update on what we're planning for the election. You don't want to be hearing about what all these pesky little political parties are planning. First off, you want to hear how we're going to be covering it. So, of course, we have this podcast and we also have a fantastic team of wonderful writers who have been, frankly, excelling themselves with what they're putting out for the website. And we've already got lots of interviews with candidates on there, which and it's looking fantastic, isn't it? It is looking really good at the minute. I have done interviews with Douglas Ross. I've done an interview with Lorna Slater. At the minute, I'm writing up my interview with Willie Rennie, which should be up on the site pretty soon. Excellent. And we've got writers at the go ready for topics to write about. We've got Fred Brown, who's going to do a profile on each party. We have Emma McAndrew with her weekly poll, and we've also got Hugh Sloan, who's going to be doing an article on the debate nights for us. Excellent, and I think I would be right in saying, as we stand, we don't. We have a le- we have an interview with Douglas Ross. We have an interview with Willie Rennie. We don't have an interview yet with Anna Sarwar or Nicola Sturgeon. So, Anna, Nicola. If you are listening to us today, please feel free to get in touch with us so that we can grill you about your plans for the next Parliament. Now, of course, the Scottish election works in quite a different way to the Westminster elections. Scotland has Scotland doesn't have first-past-the-post as its voting system. It has proportional representation in the form of the additional member system. And the way that that works is each individual voter gets two ballot sheets, and they're both different coloured. The way that we were taught it in higher modern studies was that it is peach for party and indigo for individual. So you get to vote for an individual constituency candidate and the regional party, and basically they count up all of the regional list votes and they take all of the votes into account there and basically just assign additional seats to the party with the most and of course the electorate doesn't actually get to choose who is on the list that is down to the parties themselves for example Douglas Ross is not standing as a constituency MSP he will be elected from the list more than likely unless the Tories manage to pull a Jim Murphy from 2015 and of course it's 2021 we are still in the midst of a global pandemic this election won't be happening as normal Campaigning has seen vast restrictions compared to what we're used to seeing and that will also be reflected in the difference of how the votes are counted. There won't be a traditional overnight count this time, which has dashed our plans of bringing you an overnight broadcast. There will, however, be on the polling day, once polls close, the votes and the ballot boxes will be taken to the counting centres and locked in overnight and counting will happen on the Friday and the Saturday, with declarations happening all through the days on Friday and Saturday. And then on Sunday, the list vote will be declared. So, And by the end of Sunday, we will have a full idea of what the Parliament will look like and who will be 
in power. Got that? Excellent, let's crack on then. So, it's been five years since we last had a Scottish election, Stephen. You've been taking a bit of a closer look at what's happened in the last parliamentary term, what legislation has gone through and what hasn't gone through that they might hope to have got, gone through. Well, since 2016, which was the last Scottish election, so, many, so much has happened, not just inside the Scottish Parliament, but also outside. We've had a Brexit referendum, we've had two general elections, and we've also seen Donald Trump be elected as president and then voted out. But let's look back at the Scottish Parliament and see what they've, you know, been successful with and achieved in this five-year term. Free bus travel for under 19-year-olds has been put through. Period products for all people to exterminate period poverty in Scotland. They've also implemented a minimum alcohol price, which has saved Not lives. Not necessarily a popular one, that one, though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Especially with students. But this has reduced hospital admissions and has positively impacted across health service in Scotland. And also the big one yesterday, NHS staff will receive a 4% pay rise, the biggest pay rise in the UK. In the UK. These are only a few legislative bills that have went through the Scottish Parliament in the session that has just ended. So, wow, we've seen, you know, just those four bills being pushed through, we really have made quite a big difference in life living in Scotland. It really tells you how quickly time flies that, well, time doesn't fly when you're not necessarily having fun, <laughs> that uh, the minimum unit pricing seems like it went through an absolute age ago. It, 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 it's crazy to think that only was implemented three years ago. It's, it's so much has happened, you know? It has. We live in such strange times these days. Uh, the year of 2018, we started university. That's how long oh, ago... Oh, don't 20... even, man. Yeah, That's a I know. scary thought. It's a scary thought. But, you know, let's take this reflection and look at the MSPs who are now retiring and not standing in the 2020 election. First of all, we have Michael Russell, president of the SNP. We've got Jean Freeman. Nicola Sturgeon said she was my rock through the pandemic as she was a health secretary. We also have Linda Fabiani, who's standing down. But let's look at other political parties. We have Ken McIntosh, presiding officer, who is standing down. We also have Ian Gray of East Lothian, who has been an MSP since the Scottish Parliament was created back in 1999. Ian, Ian Gray is a, a lovely, lovely man. I have a story about Ian Gray. Uh, in primary school, I think it was primary four, our topic was the Scottish Parliament. And so naturally the teacher decided that we had to hold a class election. And so we got into political parties and the political party that I was put into was Scottish Labour. And so we were Basically, we all had to come up with policies and all sorts of things, like introduce a tuck shop, free sweets, that kind of thing. But I, but we were thinking about, we had to like run this election and campaign through the school. So I decided that it would be a good idea to actually write to Ian Gray. And I, I remember doing it in red pencil. I wrote to him asking <laughs> for him to send me some rosettes or some stickers or something. And he sent me back a huge parcel filled with 
rosettes, stickers, leaflets, all that kind of thing. And he sent me back a, a very nice letter as well, which I've still got somewhere. He's a lovely man. Didn't have to do that, but he was very nice of him to do that. That was very nice of him to do that. And I'm sure he'll be sorely missed in Parliament by the Labour Party and many other MSPs who've talked to him. Uh, we've also got Margaret Mitchell, who, if people remember, she sent over some fierce questions to Nicola Sturgeon during the Salmon Inquiry. And... I don't know if there was a question at the end of the ramble <laughs> that she put on at the end of the day there. Maybe not a question, then. <laughs> and then, obviously, we have Ruth Davidson, who is going to the House of Lords. To become has... Baroness Davidson. Baroness, which has sparked controversy. For all MSPs, as as we know, the House of Lords is an elected chamber of the House of Commons in London. On Twitter, Douglas Ross said, A sad day in Scottish politics as Ruth Davidson gives her final speech in Scottish Parliament. Ruth has been the strongest of advocates for our United Kingdom and robustly held the nationalists to account over the years. A huge loss. Thank you for all you have done for the Scottish Tories. I think it's important to remember, particularly beyond politics, these are real people, these who are retiring yeah, or going I, on to other things. And, of course, we do wish them all very well yeah, in their of future endeavours. You may disagree with them on lots of things, but they are human beings at the end of the day, and I do wish all of them the best in their future professions, or, in some cases, just complete retirement, which... Uh, I mean, me and you are definitely a bit, uh, a bit away from that at the minute, aren't we, Alistair? Sadly, we are. God knows I would very much like to spend my day sitting barking <laughs> at people on a porch reading a newspaper. <laughs> I think another thing that happened in the last Scottish Parliament term that is possibly worth talking about is we had the Salmond Inquiry and the, let's say, the debacle of the committee that conducted that inquiry and I, I think it's worth talking about that committee in a bit more detail because there has been some suggestions that they did not stick to the rules and certainly if you looked at the way they conducted themselves and essentially saying the First Minister was guilty before she was even subjected to the nine hours of questioning which they gave her and you also look at the MP's code, the MSP's rather code of conduct and look at the fact that the report itself was leaked before that came out. And I think, I don't know how you feel about this, but it certainly didn't sit easily with me to see all the lot of the committee members, that, such as Murdo Fraser, Alex Cole-Hamilton and Jackie Bailey, who were pretty much on the radio, on the telly, at any opportunity they could get, touting Nicola Sturgeon's guilt. I mean, the worst one for me was the day Nicola Sturgeon gave evidence and within 15 minutes of that session ending, Jackie Bailey, I think it was, was on the radio saying that they didn't get the answers they wanted. And I don't think that's the way that things should be conducted. And if you want to see a brilliant speech on this that was made during the, the vote of no confidence against the First Minister, Patrick Harvey put up a fantastic speech about the conduct of that committee and it's well worth the watch if you can go and find it I seriously recommend that you do 
I think with the whole committee, there has been, you know, effects on both sides to this committee that has negatively impacted the Scottish Parliament. But on your point of the committee members, uh, Alex Cole Hamilton of the Liberal Democrats, he on Twitter posted popcorn emojis whilst the committee was going ahead. Now, this was, this inquiry was about an investigation into how two women were let down by a complaints procedure that did not work. Because essentially, you know, it did not work. And to see someone put popcorn emojis on Twitter is absolutely ridiculous. An elected member of parliament should not be posting popcorn emojis when he, in that time, when he posted that, is listening to the First Minister's answers to the questions about two women who were sec potentially sexually harassed. I think it's also worth saying at this point that it's been an absolute political media management masterstroke from Alex Salmond in that everyone is talking about the failings of the Scottish Government in handling this, not about his sleazy behaviour. And I think that was particularly... I think the worst of that came to the light when I believe it was Murdo Fraser asked Nicola Sturgeon to apologise for the behaviour of Alex Salmond. That in 2021 we were sitting here with a male... A male... A, a man is asking a woman to apologise for the awful behaviour of another man. is just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It, it's honestly a sad moment for mm. movements across the world that are trying very hard to make men be accountable for their actions and taking responsibility for what they do and how they act around other women. I think it was a very sad moment when Murdo Fraser asked that question to Nicola Sturgeon. And of course, a big question in the context of the election regarding this is, will this change people's perception of Nicola Sturgeon the SNP? Will the ones that were against them still be against them and the ones that were for them still be for them? I think that's a very hard question to ask and I'm not too sure we'll get the answer. The SNP are popular. Nicola Sturgeon is, is obviously also very popular. If the committee or the inquiry will change the perception of Nicola Sturgeon to the people is very hard to say, and we'll just have to wait and see. But mm. will this also change the perception of the Scottish Parliament and its legit legitimacy to govern is also now a very important question to ask. I don't think it will on that front, if I'm honest. I think despite what the Tories are trying to suggest down in Westminster, I don't think it will. And I think they will keep suggesting that for as long as they possibly can. However, I think a bigger thing that the Tories should be trying to cover is the fact that I, I don't think that it will change the Scottish Parliament's legitimacy to govern. But I think the Tories, that was a line the Tories, I think, will still keep pushing from Westminster. And of course, 
we've seen the Tories. I think yesterday it was announced that the Tories and the Westminster government are looking into whether the SNP government and the Scottish Parliament have overstepped the mark in their activities by trying to enshrine into law the United Nations Convention for the Rights of the Child. Which I just I just find that beggar's belief. Devolved nations, no, you can't give children rights. How dare you? It's beggars. It's just like you said. It's beggar belief on why they would try and stop that from happening. Shouldn't all you know nations of the world have a have the UN children's right implemented into law? You would think. You would <laughs> think so. And I think I think we've just about come to the end for our podcast today. I think that's a a good place to leave it on. We've got we've given you a fairly short one to start with, but rest assured, we will over the next few weeks we will give you longer ones. We will have guests on talking about the election in their own local areas, talking and in their interviews with candidates, and of course, as more and more polls emerge during the election, we will have. A look at them as well. So from me, Alistair Russell. And me, Stephen Brown. That's a very good bye. Please do enjoy your day wherever you are and thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on all of our socials where I think we are at Radio Debrief on pretty much everything. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for listening.